0: You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast, brought to you by our friends at McDonald's.
1: Dan. We are thrilled to have this guy on the Jay and Dan podcast, presented by McDonald's. It is Mister Tom Green, the pride of Ottawa, Ontario. Tom, first of all, how are you doing? And uh, and how's everybody doing in LA? It's it's our old city, so we worry we worry about the Angelinos.
0: Yeah, thank you, Jay. Thanks for having me on the show. You know, we 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 uh, linked up on Twitter, right? Uh, I've, I've, yeah. You know, yeah. We were on Twitter. Uh, I, I retweeted something of yours, and and now I'm on the show. Can you believe it? That's amazing the way the <laughs> world works. Right? We're in the future. Uh, well, yeah, you know I'm what's
1: here. funny, Tom? Uh, yeah. I was just going to say, sorry to interrupt you, but it was really, what I love is that it was really fans of yours and fans of ours thought we would get along. It's almost like being set up on a date because yeah. on Twitter, it was like, you guys, you should be on their show. And I love that. I agree with you. I love that that's the way it is now with social media. That's the positive side of social
0: media. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's cool because I do a podcast as well. And this is my little podcast studio that I've built here. And see, I can cut cameras. See, I've created a, a, a I've created a thing where I can cut cameras. Uh, and, and see, I went to Algonquin College and studied uh, broadcasting, Jay. So I I learned how to plug cameras in and uh, and music and all this stuff. So that's what I, that's how I've been kind of keeping myself busy during the uh, the pandemic here. I've been pretty much quarantined myself at home in L.A. and uh, and uh, doing my podcast. So it's a yep. uh, but we were talking right before, before we went live and I was saying, you know, it, it was starting to kind of look like it was ending here in Los Angeles and then they opened up too early and now everybody's, you know, we're back in, in, in trouble down here. So hopefully up there in Toronto and up in Canada, people uh, don't get complacent and, and don't get too eager to get out because it can, it can come back quick
1: you can understand it though right tom i mean it's uh it's a entertainment industry town people want to get out they want to be entertained they want to do stuff and mostly they want to get production
0: yeah i mean it's
1: drive down so i guess you can understand the eagerness but
0: yeah well and, and la is not even the worst of it i mean in florida and texas it's, it's really come back with the the vengeance. So, you know, I just I haven't I've been quarantined and isolating more than anybody, Uh, even even more than my friends here. I just, you know, they kind of think it's you know, a little bit, it's a little bit, it's gotten a little weird, Jay. It's gotten a little weird. Like I haven't, I, I haven't left my house in two months, actually. The, the I have not left. I have had my groceries delivered. Uh, the last time I left right. my house was two months ago when, uh, and, and at that point I hadn't left in six weeks, but I got invited to go on Joe Rogan's podcast, who's my friend, and he he's does it down the street. So I drove over, did his podcast, came back home, haven't left since. So If Uh, if your podcast, if your podcast was in town, I would have left the house to go to your podcast too, Jack. Yeah.
1: Well, I appreciate I appreciate (laughs) that, but okay. There's so much I want to get to. You mentioned Algonquin College, and uh, my colleague Dan O'Toole is taking some time off. He's not here, but he also is a graduate like yourself of Algonquin College. So he is he's always very proud that you both graduated from that institution. But Dan cannot hook up. He could barely hook up this tiny home studio we have here. So I'm amazed. Did you take a different, like the smart track or and he was in the dumb <laughs> track at Algonquin?
0: Because uh, it seems
1: like you just got more out of it than he did.
0: You know, it's it's always what you choose that you're in. I've always been into techie making. I started out making beats when I was a teenager, like music, hip hop beats. And, uh, and I was in a rap group and I made beats and I liked yeah. plugging in all the cables and doing all the sampling and all of that stuff. And so uh, then I got really into video cameras and... So, I mean, the, the the early years of my TV show was all about going out and doing these videos, and I would edit them all myself, because I, I kind of realized nobody would ever really give me a job on television unless I figured out how to do it myself and make it myself. So that's kind of how I got into this, was being a bit of a techie video nerd, you know? So, it,
1: um, it, Well, if anything, Tom, I want to pay you a massive compliment. I When we started doing our show from home, when the pandemic hit... Uh, You know, and it was us, and then it was all the big talk shows in the States, you you know, the Fallons, the Kimmels, and everything. I thought of you, and I instantly thought of Tom Green's House Tonight, which was a show you did, uh, I think it was mid-aughts.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: mid aughts perhaps somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, early early 2000s, it was early 2000s. Yeah, and we got it up here on global, and and I remember just watching it, loving it. I remember seeing the late great Fred Willard drive up to your yeah. house, and uh-huh. and it must have been so surreal. Uh, but all I could think about when everyone started doing their show from home is, well, Tom did that like 15 years ago.
0: Essentially, you
1: were a trailblazer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now everybody's forced to do it from their home. Yeah, it's it's it's. I've I've had the same thought because. I see all the big talk show hosts now doing the Skype calls and I go, oh, okay, well, it's just kind of, everybody's doing that now. But it's uh, it, it was an exciting time back in the in the early days of the web streaming. And uh, I've always, like I said, been into technology. So I jumped on it and started plugging uh, cameras in and things like that. In this house, it was in the other room, but we had the studio out there and we did the show for about, almost 10 years out there. So it was cool. But the best thing about it it wasn't called podcasting at the time, but it was essentially a podcast. They hadn't come up with the name podcast yet back in 2003, but, um, (laughs) you know, it was a podcast and I would invite all my favorite comedians up. Joe Rogan was one of them. We, uh, you know, and and I remember when Joe came up, uh, you know, Joe and I got into this conversation. He hadn't started his podcast yet, but he was doing a lot of really cool stuff on the web and we started talking. He said, you know what, this is the way to do it. You cut out the advertisers and and so he's sort of been really uh, very cool with, uh, you know, sort of crediting that moment when he came and saw my studio with kind of what put the bug in his ear to build a TV studio in his house. And and look what's happened to him. He's gone on to be the biggest success in the history of the Internet and broadcasting. And it's amazing. So it's a, it's a pretty exciting time for broadcasting. It's obviously, you know... Uh, you know, not uh, not not a great time uh, for the rest of the world, but uh, you know, it is interesting time for technology. Can you imagine if we were going through this pandemic and we weren't able to do what we're doing right now, and you know, everybody just had to go home and there was no television? And uh, you know, it would, it would be talk. it would be a lot harder, right? It'd be a lot harder. So technology is definitely making it easier, at least, to get through this horrible time in our world.
1: Well, we're doing we're doing our TV show every night, and I'm shooting it on my iPhone. It's incredible I still every night I can't can't believe it you know and and
0: people say you know can't believe the quality right do you, do you worry that maybe when the pandemic ago, we just wouldn't have had that capability? Yeah do you worry when the pandemic ends that the network's gonna say you know what we don't really need to pay for these studios anymore why don't you just keep doing it on your iPhone that, that's fine you can just stay at home I
1: will say <laughs> I was worried about it until they started to give me feedback yeah, yeah. me doing my own makeup. And then I realized that eventually they would send me back, so, because you can only have this across the nation for
0: so long Tom. you yeah. can only have have it for so long. You, it's nice to have somewhere to go. You gotta right?
1: get, get those. No, I agree with you. It, yeah, and 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 there's a rush to live television, as you know, that is it's different than when you're tape. You know, we're we're doing it live to tape from home, so it's a little bit different. Oh, look at that close up! Wow, look at that shot!
0: Yeah, I got a close up. See got a close-up. Okay. Yeah.
1: Is that a pandemic beard, or is that just a permanent beard you're rocking all, all the time?
0: Uh, let's see here. Uh, it's kind of like my permanent beard, yeah. This is this is actually pretty much my beard, the way my beard always is, but yeah. If you like that, I can zoom as well. I can zoom. It's, Look it's fun. Look at that. Yeah. yeah now,
1: so. many comedians uh, have their own podcasts now, and so many of them do it from home. I'm just curious what uh, why, why it took you so long to put this beautiful, elaborate studio together? Because as you said, you are such a techie.
0: Well, you know, I, uh, I, I, I had been doing my show for many years here. And then the last decade or so, though, since about, you know, I sort of stopped doing the the show from my house. And I've been on the road doing stand-up for the last 10 years. So I've been traveling all over the world. And really, the last decade, I've kind of been focusing on stand-up comedy and loving that. But uh, the pandemic, you know, Ended all a live performance, and uh, you know nobody's touring anymore. There's no live shows. There's no congregating. Obviously, you know you know this. We all know this. So, I've been back at home, and I just thought, you know, I'd dust off the the, the old cameras and uh, and fire up <laughs> podcast again. So so it's kind of uh, got me back into my podcasting roots.
1: And um, I remember you also did a talk show on MTV for a while. And yeah. I always remember you got a review after the first show, I think it was from the New York Times even, and they described you as a young, having the energy of a young David Letterman. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, I, it, I, was, it was an thought, amazing, yeah, it was an amazing experience. I mean, that show just kind of took off like a rocket. I'd been doing it in Canada for years on Rogers Cable. And then right. uh, about, about two years before MTV picked it up, it was picked up in the first year of uh, the comedy network uh, and, uh, that was really exciting. And, you know, like here I was, my friends and I from broadcasting school, we made the show, we got picked up by the comedy network, but we never really, you know, I never really anticipated it exploding the way it did on MTV. I don't think I really understood the power of MTV. We didn't really, you know, we have, we have much music in Canada, but it, it, it MTV in the late nineties, 1999, when my show went on there was at its peak and everybody watched mtv there was no video on the internet yet and so you know it was a pretty exciting time for sure in my life you know within within weeks of being on that show i was actually invited on the david letterman show i got to guest host letterman i got to host saturday night live it was a crazy time and uh, and certainly very exciting and uh, more than i'd ever kind of dreamed of happening so it was pretty cool yeah and then stand-up, you mentioned stand-up. Did it come easy to you, Tom, when you started? You know, I, I did stand-up before everything when I was a teenager. I started doing stand-up at Yuck Yucks in Ottawa when I was 16 years old. And uh, and uh, I did it before the original show. And uh, I hadn't done it in a few years, but then when I got back into it, it really just kind of instantly clicked. I couldn't, I couldn't really... Uh, Honestly, it was kind of kicking myself that I hadn't been doing it all along, that I'd stopped doing it. But uh, I, I had been so focused on the TV show for so many years, I just wasn't going out and hitting the clubs. But the thing about Los Angeles is such an amazing place for stand-up comedy. It's like New York and Los Angeles are really the the two sort of hubs for stand-up comedy in the world. You've got the comedy store here. You've got the Laugh Factory. You've got the improv uh, you've got the Ice House. You've got really great comedy clubs in LA, and all the top comedians in the world are jumping up and performing every night. So any night of the week, I can go down and tell jokes here in Los Angeles, and it's really kind of a—I uh, mean, it's—it's—it's—it's it's a, it's, uh, it's a scary time, I think, for comedy right now. I mean, obviously for the whole world, and and we're—you know—I'm—I'm—I feel weird, sort of making—you know—it about comedy because this is so much bigger than comedy. But you know, just from my in my personal perspective of, you know, having the opportunity to go down and jump up on stage at the comedy store every night of the week, you know, whenever I want and tell jokes and which is the ground zero for stand-up. you know, everyone from every, every comedian from Richard Pryor to Letterman to, you know, Carlin to all the great comics of history performed there. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully this pandemic ends soon and we can get these clubs open because clubs open clubs all over the, all over the world, all over the Canada and and and, uh, and the U.S. are really kind of suffering right now. You know, it's going to be hard for a lot of these independent comedy clubs and independent restaurants and things like that to to stay afloat if this keeps going on. So so hopefully uh, hopefully we can get out of this and uh, get back to some sort of semi sense of normal soon
1: some sort of normalcy would be good um how often do you get home Uh, before pre-pandemic of course how often did you did you get home
0: well like like uh like i was saying i was touring so much that i would be in a different city every weekend uh pretty much you know two or three weekends a month i'd be in a different part of the country so i was always up in canada you know uh performing every city in canada whenever i was Within, uh, you know, shooting distance of Ottawa, I'd pop back into Ottawa and see my family and my parents are there and my brother's there. I've got a lot of friends there. So I was in Canada a lot. I'm, I, I, you know, like I said, I perform all over Canada every year. So that's actually been a strange thing about this pandemic is just being in one place for so long. I haven't I haven't really I haven't been home for two months like this in 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 years. So,
1: hey, you mentioned um, you mentioned the uh, the hip hop group uh, you were in. That would, of course, be Organized Rhyme um how often do you get asked about organized rhyme
0: uh i get asked about it quite a bit actually because i've done (laughs) yeah it's funny you know i uh not and not just by canadians even though it was only released in canada but on the internet i've done some you know rapping and some goofy videos with uh different rappers that i've had on my podcast and so people kind of bring it up sometimes it's a lot of fun um that's that's you know actually my new podcast that i'm doing now it's called the tom green podcast jay that's the name i came up yes. with Let's i'm having I'm, ha- I'm, ha- I'm, ha- I'm having on a lot of uh interesting uh heroes of mine from the world of hip-hop i just had Ice tea on the show and Whoa. i just had yeah and i had the legendary uh an incredible Ice tea also had be real from uh, cypress hill on and wow. uh so it's pretty cool that's what i love about podcasting i get to you know, talk to people who I grew up inspired by. Uh, MC Search from Third Base also was on the show. So I you know, if you're if
1: Third Base, if Third Base <laughs> was a was a big influence on you, Gas, the Gas Face.
0: Absolutely, yeah. If you're an old school hip hop head, then you're going to want to check out the Tom Green podcast because I'm having a lot of of uh, fun uh, old school rappers on the show, which is cool. But, Did uh, you
1: have? Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask you if you had the Ice T Power album with his wife on it, and she had oh, a yeah. bikini. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a great album, wasn't it? Yeah, that was
0: <laughs> that was sort of my era of uh, of discovering rap music with you know, Public Enemy, Ice T, yes, Tribe Called Quest, and Beastie cool, Boys, OD, and Run DMC, beasties. and all of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. KRS One. Oh Mogi yeah. Down Productions. Yeah, that was all great stuff. Are you, yeah, you absolutely. still absolutely listen to as much
0: hip hop now? I do, yeah, I do. I like I like I even like the new hip hop. A lot of times, old school rapper, you know, rap enthusiasts don't love the new uh, the new music, but I do. I like a lot of the new music too. So, um, you know, but I, I have a pretty broad spectrum of music. I listen to all sorts of everything. Uh, you know, if if I, you know, I, I have Alexa right, so I, I like Alexa. So I'll usually either go to you know David Bowie. Or Joy Division, or Lil Skies, or Juice World. Rest in peace. I was uh, really kind of, uh, you know, really sad when that happened because I'd been listening to Juice World a lot uh, before he passed away l- this year. So,
1: um, another thing I wanted to ask you about, Tom. I'm just enjoying. I'm just enjoying a Bose lug tread here because ah, nice. I, I do remember you collaborated with Bose, right, on a Tom Green beer. Is that correct? Yep.
0: Absolutely yes, absolutely yep. a, a,
1: a Tasty. Beverage. Now, are you still is beer still your uh, your cocktail of choice, or or, uh, or what are you enjoying these days?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I love I love the Bose uh, the Tom Green beer. Uh, it's available in seasonal uh, flavors, so it's a summer <laughs> stout uh, is out now. Uh, which one are you drinking? Do you have the can there with you, or are you? I've got yeah. I've
1: got their classic lug tread today. Oh, you're drinking a lug the lug tread.
0: Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cause they've got the summer stout and then they've got a cherry stout, Tom green beer. And, uh, yeah, go check them out. Bows.ca dot C A. And, That's uh, great. they're a great Canadian uh, craft brewery just outside of Ottawa from Van Cleek Hill, Ontario. And, uh, they're a really, really great, great brewery. And I've had my beer with them for, you know, almost 10 years, probably about eight years now. And, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a lot of fun being in the beer business. It's done really well. And, uh, it's been becoming sort of a uh, one of their uh, their mainstay uh, you know brands that they have on their on their brewery so it's been pretty cool all when across Canada like, all across Canada someone,
1: oh, You're right you're right I bought, I remember I bought a uh, six pack in Edmonton once I I Man that that so must I'm, have
0: been fun, huh? anytime you're oh buying boy. a six pack in Edmonton you're going to to have a party You're going right? to have
1: a good time yeah, oh, yeah. you're
0: going to have a good Oh yeah bud <laughs> oh, oh yeah we're getting oh, her done there tonight there in Edmonton yeah, there, eh? Right? Right. Oh, yeah, bud. Oh, Go out to an yeah, Oilers right. game there, eh, bud? Have a six-pack of uh, uh, Molson Canadians there, eh? I don't know who the sponsors are. Who are the sponsors? I don't want to say the well, wrong beer. Well, well, it's McDonald's. Cool. It's McDonald's, so, McDonald's. Oh, it's yeah. McDonald's. Out there, yeah. A, a six-pack and a Big Mac there. Go to an Oilers game there, bud. We're going to get her done there, eh, Jay? Oh or yeah, maybe
1: uh, maybe you go to Yuck Yuck set uh, on Bourbon Street in the West oh, Edmonton yeah. Mall. You go see I'm Tom down Green stand
2: up. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: absolutely.
1: Okay, I got some just <laughs> to let you go, my friend. I got three questions from hardcore fans of yours who work with us at TSN. Tom, is that okay?
0: okay? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, the first one call, comes from one of our producers, Rob Dunn. And he asked, and I think you've gotten this question before, what was Phil Giroux drinking in his mug? What was uh, Phil drinking uh, in
0: his mug? It's a good question. I talked to Phil today, uh, and uh, Phil and I are very still very close, good friends, old friends. And, uh, you know, he was always drinking something in the mug in the background. I can't say that it was always coffee, because uh, it probably wasn't. Uh, but it was most likely beer, actually. Phil's, Phil's a beer drinker, so it was most likely beer. Mm
1: -hmm. Like, like, I think people would be really happy to hear that you talked to Phil today and that you guys are still so close. And it does. What is it? Isn't that just something about your oldest friends? Right. You know, they they know everything about you. There's no pretension or anything like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, Phil's the Phil's the best. And and, and he's on social media. Go find Phil. Uh, um, And uh, he's he's hilarious as ever. Yeah. Uh, ok.
1: Next question comes from Scott Hempstead, and it is this: uh, what kind of music would hip-hop woman be working on
0: these days?
1: Mm. What kind of Hip-
0: music would hip-hop woman? Hip hop woman, on yeah. Hip hop yeah. woman was uh was a very strange, sort of surreal piece of video that we basically made back in the day on the Tom Green show before it was on MTV where I essentially just ran down the street in a dress with a wig on and like slathered (laughs) myself with shaving cream or something like that uh while we had some hip-hop beats playing uh you know hip-hop woman uh what kind of hip-hop would she be working on oh geez I don't know I don't even know if it would be classified as hip-hop it would just be kind of industrial music probably industrial music Mm -hmm. right
1: like uh, like uh (laughs) like front 242 or something like that or
0: wow yeah Yeah. absolutely and if you want to Uh, by the way uh see what we're talking about you can google or go to youtube and type in hip-hop woman or go to uh tom green Dot com slash youtube uh, or no youtube.com slash tom green rather yeah and all of those old videos are on there and that's also where i do this show as well it goes on there and also in audio format everywhere you can get podcasts so i would I, encourage I would... I would encourage everybody watching to go subscribe to my youtube channel because there's a lot of really goofy stuff going on there i take phone calls i take skype calls from viewers and it's a lot of fun so go check it out and subscribe Thanks.
1: Yes, yeah. yes. Hit the hit the subscribe button uh, yes. for, for the Tom Green
0: YouTube channel.
1: So go to YouTube, Google, it, and throw in Tom Green in there, and you'll find it. Here's the last question for you, Tom Green.
3: Yep. Can
1: Glenn Huplick skateboard? Mm-hmm. If so, is he better than Phil Giroux? Can Glenn Huplick skateboard? If oh. so, is he better than Phil Giroux? Well, That's from Dave Cotterell.
0: Well, Glenn would, would not mind me saying this. That Phil is a better skateboarder. Phil is an amazing skateboarder, actually. Phil uh, Phil Giroux and I met through skateboarding when I was probably fourteen years old, and and he was, you know, he was he's a year and a half older than me. We were kids. And I had a quarter pipe in front of my house that i built, and Phil skated by and saw it. We started skating my quarter pipe, and that was, you know, 35 years ago, and we've been skating ever since. And every time Phil and I get together, we always go, uh, go out and hit the skateboard. But I would tell you, though, uh, that, that Glenn is probably uh, a much, much uh, more regular TSN watcher than Phil because Phil, uh, Glenn is a big sports fan, big CFL right. fan, big CFL oh. fan.
1: Dan, we're hoping, my friend, we're not sure if that league is going to be up and running this year, but uh, but we're crossing our fingers for sure. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because you're, uh you're...
1: Go old Red old Blacks! Red black. Yeah, go red you blacks. know what? what go
0: Senators! Story. You, see my, you see my Senators uh, jersey on the wall behind me, by the way? I should have showed you that. Uh, let me see if I can pan over to that. You get it? Not, there's not a light on it, but uh, there we go. There it is right there. There it, is. there it is. Is it, is it Peter Sidorkowitz? There we go. Signed. Signed by everybody on the team. They sent, the, the team sent, I should have a light on it right now, but I don't, but, oh, I'm not, I didn't cut to it. There we go. There you go. See? There it is. There we go. I was, I thought I was, Yeah. know, there you go. So it's, I was panning around, but yeah, it's at the back of the room there. But, uh actually very nicely placed on the wall there so but uh yeah Yeah, what was
1: that poster there tom what was that poster you had uh that's
0: uh freddie got fingered freddie got fingered as well yep
1: yeah that of course is your feature film that was absolutely hilarious that's another thing i was hoping to ask you about the the concept of the cult (laughs) status for a movie that maybe wasn't as appreciated as it should have been when it came out. Do you get people coming up and telling you how much they love that film? Because I remember watching it for the first time myself and thinking it was fantastic.
0: Oh yeah, it's really actually become one of the things that I get asked about the most is Freddy Got Fingered because when it came out, of course the critics were not kind. Uh, some were, but but most weren't. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now you know, twenty years later, the movie came out in you know 2001, I guess. Uh, so almost twenty years. I think I think it's it's really got a really kind of a little strong cult following now. And uh, I, I, there was a line in it where I said, Daddy, would you like some sausage? Yes. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Okay, it was a little <laughs> song that I did. And uh, it, honestly, not a day goes by when I leave my house that somebody, <laughs> doesn't matter where I am in the world, somebody will come up to me and say, Daddy, would you like some sausage? So that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. You've done well for yourself, Tom Green. You really have. Well, you know, I'm just I'm happy to be still kind of doing what I love. I uh, I I wish I wish uh, we you know weren't going through this horrible time right now in our world. Everybody is is suffering right now. With uh, people are out of work and people are getting sick, and it's it's really you know I almost feel bad talking about how I you know gotten to do what I love right now. I really really. Worry more about what everyone else is going through and what we're all going through collectively as a society because uh, it's a scary time. And uh, you know, it's really I've it's, I've been thinking a lot about Canada and how lucky we are to to you know to how lucky you are to be in Canada. I'm not in Canada, but I think how lucky my parents are to be in Canada and living here in the United States right now with everything. Being as divided as it is, you can really see how much of an impact that's had on the response to this virus. The division down here is, is really really uh, polarized, you know, because of politics. And I know we have political differences in Canada. I don't like to talk about politics, but I know we have them. But it's just not the not the same division that we have down here. And you know, it's really really kind of focused me. Uh, on thinking, you know, how, how proud I am to be a Canadian and how, how lucky I am to, uh, to have Canada as a place to have grown up. And I, I, I think a lot about maybe coming back to Canada someday soon because uh, it's, a, it's a scary time and you want to be close to your friends and family when uh, we go through these kinds of things. So, you know, I, I wish, I'm wishing you well. I'm wishing everybody in Canada well and be safe. And, and um, don't, get, uh, don't get complacent with this uh, virus too quick. Um, because, uh, you know, I have friends on Facebook and I see there's still some people in Canada who don't want to wear a mask and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I just think, you know, I, I don't know. I just think it's probably better to be safe than sorry at this point. And, uh, you know, uh, try to, try to, try to kind of flatten this curve or whatever they say, and let's get through this and get back to sort of a semi-normal way of life as soon as we can.
1: Well said, my friend, and it really also warms my heart that when you say sorry, you still have a Canadian
0: accent. Oh, yeah, bud. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, um, I'm not sorry about that there, bud. Oh, way there, bud. We get her done. Sorry. Uh, keep giving
1: her. Just keep <laughs> yeah. giving her and uh, keep doing what you're doing. And I and, uh, really, really love the way you, you spoke there. Very uh, empathetic, and, and it just shows the kind of person you are, and that's why I think everyone loves you so much up here um so continued success stay safe uh stay at home keep doing that podcast check out tom's youtube channel go to youtube type tom green check out all the great tom green stuff go check out his podcast multiple cameras
0: multi-cam yeah. <laughs>
1: posters, ottawa senators jerseys tom's looking great um it was great having you on the show my friend and uh stay
0: safe and hopefully we can talk to you again soon thanks jay i appreciate it thanks tsn thank you everybody watching I appreciate it we'll, we'll talk to you next time That was awesome right. dude. Yeah, you rock. Well, thank you. Thank you Jay, I appreciate it. Um be safe for for, for real be safe and uh yeah. you know, hopefully next time I'm up in Toronto and this is opened up, maybe I can pop into the studio and see you guys in person or come up we to would- one of my comedy shows next time I'm in, I'm doing stand up in, in in Toronto. Open invite to come down and have a have a have a lug tread with me. I would
1: <laughs> love that. That would be yeah. awesome. And we uh yeah, we we have the funny thing about our show, you know, we are a sports center, but we have guests on. So, yeah, um, I would love to do that. So, yeah, I'll keep in touch with you and we'll figure something out when this all kind of returns to normal again. But um, yeah. this is really fun, man. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you're doing well, man.
0: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Say hi to Dan for me, too. I will for sure. I will. All right. Thanks, Tom. Right. Thanks, Take man. care. See you,
1: Bye. Bye. That was fun, wasn't it? What a nice guy. What a good Ottawa guy Tom Green is. Joined us on the podcast. Uh, yeah, just, to, you know, you can tell, and if you follow Tom on Twitter, you can tell that this pandemic has really affected him. You know, he's he's really concerned, and you heard it in his voice uh, when he signed off with us, right? So it's affected him, and I think, you know, he knows that a lot of people are thinking of him, and, and we as Canadians are thinking about a lot of our friends who are working in America, uh as canadians you, you almost want to you know grab them and bring them all back here until this is over um but uh but we're not going to be able to do that but we are going to be able to talk to another canadian friend who recently moved to the states to go to work at espn that is uh former tsn anchor nabil kareem who's a great friend of dan and myself and uh just a wonderful guy and uh, a little over a year ago he took off for bristol And we had a chance to catch up with Nabil at his palatial Connecticut estate on Monday evening. You know, because the theme of the show is uh, is Canadians living and working in America, we could think of no better person to speak with than our good friend, Nabil Kareem, who uh, left us at TSN and now has uh, established himself as one of the rising young stars at ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut. First of all, how are you, my
2: friend? That that intro was nice. It was a lie. You just didn't. <laughs> there was literally nobody this week that could do the podcast. So. Uh,
1: no, that's not which is true. fine.
2: Which is fine. I, mean, I don't mind being. I don't mind being that guy. But let's let's be real. All right. If we're gonna go there,
1: we moved around our recording time specifically right. to get you on this show because it was important to us right. to get your perspective, right. not just on how things are going down there with work and of course your family, but you know, everyone's worried about their friends in the States right now.
2: That also just shows, that just shows how desperate you guys were to get something.
1: <laughs> so, Which is cool. But, like I said, I'm happy to be here. So, but do you get that from, from family and friends a lot back home? Are, are people right. reaching out to you guys? Are they concerned
2: about you? All the time, all the time. And it's so funny. Like we, it, Connecticut's actually a steady state right now. We've been pretty responsible. Um, but it's funny. It, it feels like the people who who reach out to me have no idea. They just like lump the United States into one big place. <laughs> right. And it, and it's so they're just so concerned. and it's almost like they're disappointed in me <laughs> for like <laughs> not living in Canada right now. Um, right. But I have right. to remind them that, like, hey, we're okay. we're doing well. We're doing our part. People in this community are pretty good. And um, you can only control so much, right? You can only control so many things. but we do have a lot of people that kind of check in on us and kind of just almost pity us at times. Just like,
1: well, no, I mean, that means they care about you, you know? That's everyone true.
2: Loves you yes. That's yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's,
1: that's true. what it's all about. Like you are in uh, suburban Connecticut. Is that
2: a good way to describe it? That's a very good way. It, we're in a place uh, called Avon. It's got about, I think, 18,000 people. So it's real It's real different than like Etobicoke. <laughs> right. Which is where you guys live here. Right. Right. And
1: yeah. uh, and for those across uh, country who don't know, Tobacco is just literally part of Toronto. It's just right next to Toronto. So y- you guys were living uh, high on your horse there, uh, high on the hog. You guys were living the good <laughs> life. And now you're in suburban Connecticut. Now, are the lots nice and big, like where you can social distance from your neighbors a little bit?
2: Totally. Yeah, and that's yeah. the one thing here in Connecticut is that you're getting uh, a lot of space. So where we live, our backyard is, I mean – Three, four, five times the size of my backyard before, and uh, so the the homes here are very like colonial style homes, big lots. Uh, so you do get a lot for, for what you pay for, but um, again, it's it's very different. Like we, our area Avon, this is no joke, uh, has the highest, from what I've been told, the highest population of black bears in all of Connecticut. <laughs> what? And Jay, I'm I'm not even joking. Uh, I. I'm very city, even come from Vancouver to Toronto. This is not my thing. Like wildlife, right. is, it's not my thing. I'm not a camper. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. Like, yes. yeah, Yes.
1: I yeah. understand that. You're, you're too put together to be a wildlife guy. You can't I'm, be that put together in the wild.
2: No, I'm too soft. <laughs> <laughs> I'm soft. So, so this is what happened. So bears literally will go through your backyard. We don't have any like fences or anything. So they'll just come through your backyards and you kind of stroll through here. And I've been told, you know, just kind of stay out of their way. But, you know, It's just a normal thing right there. And so about a month, a month and a half ago, it was the first time we actually saw this huge black bear strolling through my backyard where we play all the time, just going through. And I had it on video. And again, I, I posted the video in my, like, I think my sister wanted me to move, first of all. I couldn't <laughs> tell my parents because my parents would definitely say, you got to come back to Canada. Like, Not even like move someone to another house. You got to come back to Canada. Uh, and then this past week, literally two days ago, uh, yeah, two or three days ago, 25, 30 feet away, this bear strolls right through my backyard. And I tell Adam, I'm like, Adam, um, turn around quickly and let's walk. You can't run. That's what we've learned. We've learned about our bear, bear safety here. We've, we've trained Adam, we've learned ourselves and walk. And we just it's- walked up to ourselves it's
1: so it goes against all of your better instincts right, right like to, right. To,
2: to, to just walk away
1: from a bear that happens to be hanging around in your backyard
2: right but I, i'm not gonna lie like i have my <laughs> pants and and then i had like bear nightmares for like two days because then you put yourself in different situations you're like well what if i was kind of on our balcony and i was um barbecuing and adam's playing kind of around there which we let him do sometimes you know um and yeah. he was further away from me like how do you get him and so that's that's uh, that's something that's hard to get used to around here. Should uh, you bears. be laying bear traps maybe? Like, should you have cages in the back just in well, case that they could crawl into and go for a little snooze? Well, my neighbor is kind of my therapist here. And so I, I talked to him about all this kind of bear stuff and he probably thinks I'm super weird because like I, again, I, I'm always so afraid of these things. So he bought me this like bear, it's like a bear horn. So apparently like, <laughs> You, you see this bear and you, and you just let this horn go. I don't know what it sounds like. I don't know if the bear is going to get aggravated or not, but apparently this bear horn works and the bear will go away. So now I'm that one neighbor who, like, when we go down the stairs, I have a bear horn in my hand just sitting beside the like, I got a vodka on one side and a bear horn on the other side, you know? And so um, it's so easy to, like, pick me out as somebody who just does not or has not grown up. Uh, in an environment like this where it's more a little more country it, it's kind of like right. growing up in like collingwood or something like that right
1: right right so shouldn't you have multiple bear horns like one for the car one for your wife's car one for the garage it might be expensive i don't know <laughs> you, know,
2: like, you got to
1: load up on bear horns this is the only if, thing keeping you alive right now
2: <laughs> if, if if we get a sale at costco maybe but i mean this thing was a gift could be expensive i don't know we got to look into that kind of thing man.
1: now i am uh, I have a kind of a similar story. I would say this is two days ago. I stained uh, my deck. So I couldn't walk my deck and my stairs. I stained it all. So I couldn't walk kind of in my backyard because it's all kind of deck and stairs. It's a tiny backyard. It's not like your backyard. It's a tiny Toronto backyard. So I went through my neighbor's backyard, which is totally cool. They, we share kind of a backyard area. And I was walking through her backyard. And I saw something moving. So this is about 9.30 at night. It's dark. And I saw something moving kind of ahead of me in the middle of her yard. And I thought, ah, it's probably a little squirrel or something. We got a lot of squirrels. And I looked and I saw the black, which is squirrels. We have all the black squirrels. And then I saw the white, Nabil. I saw the black and white together like a black and white cookie. It's nature's black and white cookie. It was a baby skunk staring me right down five feet away. And you know how you and Adam turn around and casually walk? I was like, that i
3: just <laughs>
1: sprinted. i used all my power everything i had mustered in my 46 year old body yeah. and i sprinted to the back alley and i made it out in time but the bottom line is right. we have a baby skunk here which means we have a skunk family here right. which right. means we have a skunk problem do you think right. your horns would work on our skunk problem
2: uh you could try. I mean, I can send you a horn if you want. I, I, it, all I'm saying though is if you're going to do that, you've got to put that on video. We've we got to see yes. how that turns out for you. Um, but I'm gonna tell time... you this. No, I'll just yes. tell you this. Like, I, I feel bad for you, but I don't because I would take <laughs> raccoons and skunks right now all day. I love raccoons. They're now like, they're like dogs to me now. I love raccoons because I would love to have them. When you see a bear literally 25, 30 feet away from you, your life changes. I'm a change man. But the be- the raccoons are like your ne'er
1: yeah they're like and they're like your ne'er do well cousin who came to stay with you for a few <laughs> months and ended up staying for like right, his entire sure. life because again last week I'm in the garage I got the garage door open I look and there's a little raccoon wanting to come in and I'm like get and they just stare at you they don't even listen the the city raccoons do not even listen they don't listen get get out of here raccoon go They just stare at you when you do that. It's insane. It's like, what do I, I don't want to hit that thing with a shovel. And even if I did, it would probably just stare at me again.
2: Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're pretty vigilant, those things, man. The raccoon's like, you could hit that thing and it's coming back for more punishment. I'd be like, like a freak raccoon.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's it's coming back with all its buddies. It's might, like, even, it I might yeah. even like that.
2: You might even like that treatment. You know?
1: Where can people like you and I live, Nabil? Where can we live where we don't have to deal with these, as my neighbor calls them, with these night creatures, as as she likes to call them?
2: I got to ask God Van Pelt, but then the problem is I can't afford his house. You know what I'm saying? So I, right. I got to live right. in a regular... Connecticut area where Scott lives in probably some beautiful gated community, but some some uh, Tony gated community, right? Or yeah. didn't he
1: just move to Washington? Or yeah, something like yeah. That? He
2: I don't know if he's moved just yet. He's finished his shows here, so he is moving over to Washington, um, and he's going to be doing the show out of there, I believe, starting in August, some point in August. So um, and so,
1: I feel like we have to p- get people up to speed. Scott's show, Scott Van Pelt's show, is kind of on the same time as as Dan's and my show, which yep. is midnight Eastern. And he does it solo, and he had been doing it in Bristol, correct? And, uh, but he's from Washington, the Washington area. Maryland, since, I think, yeah. There you go. And so because Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon have been doing, pardon the interruption, in the Washington area for many years, they had that studio. Uh, he said, hey, can I, can I bomb this studio? <laughs> can I come in and hang out? And I think they were okay with it, and that's why he's going. Which I love. I love when you have the power to literally move a soul to a different it, state.
2: It's a boss move. You know, there, yeah. there are certain people who can do it and certain people who have, uh, you know, almost earned the right to do it. Um, yeah. and, and so I think for Scott, I mean, what an opportunity for him, for his family he gets to go back home. Um, and if you have the facility there, everybody yeah. else stays in Bristol, basically. Uh, why not do it? I, I think you guys... You guys are the guys in Canada. No, but I mean, is there a spot in Canada where you want to move? You want to take the show to like Vancouver or something? I'm sure you could do it.
1: I would say this, Nabil. I mean, you're right because Scott is just moving into an already established studio. So it's not that big of a deal. Whereas when Dan and I came back from LA, we in fact had an entire studio built for us. Yeah. Across the parking lot from the Sports Center studio, which I don't know if that rubbed people the wrong way. We didn't ask for it; they just offered, and we were like, "Sure, we'll we'll have our own studio." But I, but I, I will say we didn't move; we stayed in downtown Scarborough, across from the mall, because that's where our hearts.
2: It's it's a beautiful are. area for anyone who hasn't been to like downtown Scarborough. Um, if you're coming to the Toronto area, that's one place you really have to see Scarborough Mall. Unbelievable, super safe. Yeah. You don't have to yeah, worry about it, anything going to that mall. <laughs>
1: Now, come on. Now, this is – it's a glamorous spot to broadcast from, and I, for one, can't wait to get back in studio. Now, you have been – have you done any shows from home, Nabil, or has it been all studio for you since this all started?
2: So they they set up a studio at home for me here, uh, but we never actually ended up doing a show. We did a couple test shows, uh, but because we we basically – at ESPN, they they went down to like – it's not important staff only, but you know, it was like, what's the, uh, right. Essential, term? essential, essential, essential staff right. only. Uh, we, we have way less people there. It's like a right. ghost town to be honest. And so they wanted to keep working out of there as long as we could for our show, uh, the new show we're doing on Quibi. So, uh, we've been, we've been chugging along and so far there haven't been any positive cases, which have kind of shut us down, which has been nice. Um,
1: Talk to me about the job and you've been there. How long have you been there now? How long has it
2: been? Uh, Over a year now. I started April, April of 2019. Yeah. What has been the biggest adjustment for
1: you working there as compared to working out in downtown Scarborough?
2: Uh, I honestly, I I think like resources and and realizing just what you have. And that's a good problem to have. You know what I mean? Like we just have so much, uh, you know, how it kind of is at TSN and it's great, but you probably had this at Fox. When you were at Fox, you just have a lot more people around you, a lot more support around you. Thanks a lot for reminding me, but continue, yes.
3: <laughs> well, I might be, it might have been a little different at Fox uh,
2: as I uh, hear about what happened you know, in your case. But uh, no, but it's, it's been great. And just kind of getting the scope of it, um, I think, I'm not going to lie, when, when we do sports centers, there's a certain rush there that um, I, I haven't really felt it you either. Are, you weren't feeling it at TSN. I, it was great. I just wanted more, right? I yeah. wanted more. I knew I could do more. Uh, yeah. And then when I got to SportsCenter there, they were so great. <laughs> and it's just so different uh, in the way things are set up. But when I got there, they didn't rush me into it. Gave me three weeks just to understand the layout and, and all the things that you can do and are supposed to do. And, and the creativity we have here and to the say we have, you know, in these shows, which is awesome. Um, and... So I think that was one of the biggest things for me. And then, honestly, it was just kind of getting my mindset right. And, and Scott Van Pelt was the guy who actually pulled me aside. I, I was shadowing him one day, and and he told me, he goes, listen, man, and he goes, and, and kind of paraphrasing here, but he, he basically said, you're on the team, you're on the roster now, and you're here for a reason. So don't don't try to become somebody else now. Don't try to, you know, be the next doer, Scott. Just be yourself because you're on this roster now, and there's a reason for that. So I think that kind of put my mind to ease – because, again, when you, you make a decision like this, and as you know, not everyone does it, um, there's a lot of risk, right? There was a lot of risk involved in it. And so just being able to kind of settle in early on and, and do some shows and, and work with so many great people, man. All the staff here, uh, a lot of different personalities. But, again, just like TSN, when you put people on air together, it usually works really well. You
1: mentioned um – the fact that you had three weeks of just shadowing and yeah. um, kind of getting used to things. I'm trying to imagine the laughter that would come from our executives yeah. if someone suggested, uh, we're going to hire someone we're going to just give them three weeks just to saunter around the hallways a little right. bit
2: right. and just and sort of
1: uh, absorb the beautiful smells, sights. They,
3: they, were
2: like, they were like, man, I know you're going to get bored and we know you probably don't need it, but this is a way... We, we feel comfortable because again, they hadn't hired a sports center anchor in a long time. And right. prior to, I would say, how I many years ago it was, they used to have ESPN news where they used to yes. throw all their new talent on there and then they weren't too worried about it. Then they'd start you right away. But because uh, you're going on sports center and you're going to be on the big stage right away, I think they wanted to protect you a little bit, which is great. Again, uh, towards the end, you're kind of itching to get going, but yeah, um, I'm really thankful, and they also knew my transition was unique in a way too, because my family's back home, I right? In Canada and doing that whole thing. So, um, yeah, the management here and, and just the leadership here has been really, really good to me in that sense to, to kind of put me in a position to succeed. And
1: are you able to say to them, "Hey, I want to do this down the road. I want to do this down the road." Or are you just laying low and just trying to get from A to B right. and establish yourself that
2: way? No, you know, and that was my approach at TSN was always just to like, be kind of be quiet, try to fit in do my job. And then hopefully, you know, you get more opportunities. And I didn't really ask for anything, to be honest. Right. Um, And I think that was a mistake. Right. And and, and I think I should have been more vocal at times, uh, but I didn't know I could, to be honest. I just didn't have that relationship with management. Whereas when I got here. They've been again very vocal about let us know what you want to do. I've already met with like the Connor Shells and the Norby Williamsons of the world and people who are really high up uh, who have given me feedback and also say, hey, what do you want to do? What are you interested in doing? Hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean you're going to get it right away, but um, at least puts it in their mind that hey this is something you're interested in doing and that is a benefit to them because uh, if you're interested in for, for example basketball, I love basketball, um and maybe something opens up down the road at least they know hey this guy's passionate about doing it you know maybe he might do a great job rather than something that I'm, I'm not so passionate about so I think that's been different for me too uh just taking the time to really establish relationships I think that was really important for me and kind of being vocal about you know what I love doing the one thing they didn't ask me and they just kind of put it on to me was hockey but they just figured hey it's Canadian so he's got so he's got to do so- it
1: so let's talk about that so you have a, a segment on sports center i think it's called in the crease is that right
2: so it's a show we actually do on espn plus there is a segment we do uh on sports center uh right. Bar- when barry melrose is in uh yes. in studio uh but we also have a full show we do it's a, it's a Like it's kind of like that's hockey tonight was it's kind of right. very similar to that a little more bare bones than that but we do all the highlights and we do it on espn plus
1: right and so you have been asked to do that because you are canadian Okay. And have you been asked? I always wonder about Canadian anchors being asked about name pronunciations for right. hockey players. Does that happen frequently around
2: the newsroom for you? So once in a while, when I'm doing like Sports Center, maybe here or there, we might, we might have a name here. I'm like, no, actually, it's this. That's the one time I can actually <laughs> step up confidently and be like, ah, I'm pretty sure. Like other times, I'm pretty anything, sure it's Besser. It's that's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. Besser. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's <laughs> the one time I feel like people might look at me and they have. And they're like, hey, you know x y and z about hockey uh whereas when it comes to other sports i you know you're you're just kind of quiet and you want to like we have a lot of researchers and a lot of people who know what they're talking about but without with the in the crease show specifically we have a ton of people who love hockey though right so right there's a misconception that you know americans don't love hockey there is a a, a, i would say a large group of americans who do love hockey uh it's just you got to go find them (laughs) and they're in different pockets and the, the people we put on that show specifically, they love hockey, which is great and it kind right. of resonates. I think.
1: But I think ultimately, and the, the, you know, Dan and I have talked about this all the time. And you know, Connecticut had an NHL team, and they always yeah. talk about bringing them back. But I still feel like I was surprised how truly niche the sport was down there, more than I expected. In the sense that if you're in Boston, if you're in Minnesota, that's the right. Sports big regionally, regionally. Right. If you're in Los Angeles, the Kings will fill the Staples Center, but nobody will talk about them on sports radio, right? The sports radio guys don't even know half the Kings' names. So it's sort of like a, I don't know how to equate it up here. Maybe it's a little bit like uh, the National Lacrosse League or something (laughs) where the Toronto Rock fills the building, right? They fill the building. In Saskatchewan, that team, that NL team fills the building, but um being honest it's the
2: first yeah. thing we're gonna drop right
1: from the show for a heavy
2: yeah no no there's no doubt about that like it when we are heavy or like the the highlights that we do show on sports center much different than what we're showing on in the crease you know and it's got to be a star name uh a really good game a lighter day in sports where we have more hockey uh Barry's on the show we are definitely showing some hockey and people love barry melrose here like I had no idea. I knew people loved him, but they really, really loved Barry here. He's just so good. To he reminds me a lot of Craig Button. You know, he's got right. that personality where he's easy to get along with. He knows TV, he knows entertaining TV, which is kind of fun. But I, I will say this about people uh, in hockey and, and in America. I think the NHL does itself no favors. Like, I remember last year, Sidney Crosby, Conor McDavid going up against each other. I can't remember the day was, I think it was like a holiday. Uh, and so there was a bunch of games that day and they had them playing at 11 in the morning. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. It was yeah, ridiculous. I, I was like, how are you guys putting like, who's watching that 11 Easters. Uh, who was watching that? Sorry. 11 mountain time. Uh, who was wow. watching that? Yeah. You know, I like,
1: mean, it's, I mean, but it's like the pro the other problem is just from a fundamental scheduling perspective. If you think of the national hockey league, what's the big night of hockey? It's Saturday, right? Yeah, it's Saturday. Yeah. It always has been Saturday. Yeah. What is happening from the fall till January on Saturday nights in the United States of America? College football yeah. is ruling yeah. the world, and nothing will bump it out. Right. Um, and it's just the way it is. It's just ingrained in in that whole nation the way they love to root for sports. They've. It's just not ever going to change. So. If the if your big showcase night has already been taken,
2: essentially, I just feel like you, you don't have much of a chance to break in. But I would say Saturday night is more big night in Canada. Is is it big in the United States? I would say Wednesday night hockey is what they're really building here in the states as right. their big night of hockey. And what I know it's scheduling and buildings and so forth. But like when you have these stars playing, you need to have them on one of your showcase nights, which is Saturday. Or when? Just give it. Give yourself, you know, the best chance. Right. I just feel like yeah, just story after story coming to the NHL. Sometimes and it's just like, man, what are you doing? Like, you, you but need hasn't to that these... always
1: been the case? The totally. Bill, uh, like totally. marketing their players for whatever reason. Totally. Um, it's not like they're wearing. They're not wearing face shields. Most yeah. of them. Oh, they're they're wearing visors. Yeah, right. Right. See their faces. Um, and it's just for whatever reason they can't seem to market these players. They just can't seem to do it to the point where. If, if the average American sports fan could name five hot, current professional hockey players, I feel like they're doing pretty good at this point,
2: you know? Yeah, yeah. And you're right. Like, when I was going back to saying there are, there's a large population, you're right. It's very regional. So, in those, like, regional markets, a good portion of that region does love it. But, again, the other thing, too, is, like, it kind of frustrates me because we know ex-hockey players. We know some hockey players. They're very fun people. Like, you love to go out with them. You would love to hang out with them. Big time personalities. They don't show it, but like the NHL doesn't do a good enough job of allowing them. To, they're starting to do it a little more. I think you're starting to see yeah. players come out a little bit more. Um, but at the same time, like they need to make a push on that because that's what I'm saying here. Because a lot of people will tell me, oh, that's boring. This guy's boring. Actually, I, no, I don't think he's. But again, I look at it from a Canadian perspective and how they're being covered in Canada. Right. We see so much more of them. We understand a little, you know, it's just different. I think
1: it's part, you know, I love that line of conversation, that line of thinking by you because I thought of, about it for a long time and I, I think about it constantly. And I, well, put it this way. Here's the example I always use. Uh, World Cup of Hockey or whatever they called it back when they had the Team North America and the Team Europe and all that. Yeah. John is coaching the American team. At the time, the Colin Kaepernick stuff is happening. Torts just comes out and says, "If any of you guys don't stand during the national anthem, you're off the team." And that's the end of it. Nobody questions it. Nobody mm. says anything about it. Now I realize this is a few years ago. It's not now, right? It's not now. Mm. But my point is, is that hockey as a sport has always been a pack mentality. You don't want to break away from the yeah. pack. You don't want to stand out too much. If anything, you want to fit in as much as you possibly can. There aren't that many. I realize this is a maybe a bad example to use this week, but there aren't that many Jeremy Roenicks out there. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there aren't that many, a uh, PK Subans. I guess would be sure. a better modern uh, way to put it. There aren't that many guys who, who want to stand out because I truly think from when they were in major midget to junior to whatever, they were always taught to just sort of blend in.
2: Right. And, and, and it's one thing I always talk to people at work about. I'm like, with the physicality of the sport, how fast it is, I mean, it's closest thing to like football. You know, football is a physical – in hockey, there's massive – I would think that there's just so many parallels between the sports that it would just click with America. They would like it a lot more even though they didn't know too much about it. But I guess that's not the case, man.
1: I think it's – you know, and I think the other thing too is we watch the sports we play. We obviously play the sport up here all across the country. It's what unites us in a lot of ways. It's also expensive. It's an expensive sport to it play. Is. And and yeah. when you're in the states, even if you do have money, it's expensive to just join a hockey team cuz you really got to you, you have to make more of an effort, I think, right? Yeah. There's yeah. there's a lot more dads on the street who are like, "I oh, know, just come play baseball or come play football. Like the teams right here, you know, everyone else is doing it. You have to almost stand out and you have to want to do something truly different to play hockey down there."
2: I, I want to ask you what's it like at TSN right now because Again, with hockey starting up, what next week? Um, what's the feeling like? How's Duffy, McKenzie, are these guys jacked up? Like what's what's the are they disappointed? They just want a longer summer. What, what's the deal? Uh so
1: many good ways to go with this. So, first of all, what's it like at TSN right now? I can tell we're missing the Bill Kareem and we always will. That's number one. Shout out, thank you. Uh number two, um, it's funny because you mentioned the fact you guys are back in studio and you never really left, but it's more of a skeleton crew. You, know, you can ask Christoph. We've been out of that building for three months now, and there's not many people in that building. It's so bare bones. We're about to go back on August the 2nd uh, for hockey, of course. Hockey's starting up on the 1st. We'll go back on the 2nd for our little Sunday to Thursday schedule. But I think in general, if you ask James, Bob, Craig Button, any of these guys, they would say that we cannot wait to get back into the studio for several reasons. Number one, we're dumb. We can't work these contraptions anymore. Wait. Number two, we miss professional makeup. Uh, number three, we miss <laughs> professional lighting, Neville. Uh, and, and mostly, <laughs> though, there is a different, this has been so much fun for me doing the show from here because I get eat with my family and then my commute is walking down the stairs. It's been great. I've got lots of time with the family. But what I have missed is that sort of adrenaline rush you get when you do live television. It doesn't quite feel the same because we we aren't doing the show live. Right. We're taping it. Um, and I miss, I miss the adrenaline rush of live TV. So I think everyone's pretty jones to get back. Probably the biggest reason is because we haven't had sports and yeah. not tons of people are watching TSN without sports. So now that sports is coming back, there's a feeling like, okay, we're we're going to be back in people's minds and people's living rooms again, and and that's obviously a very good
2: thing. Can I ask you a question? Are you are you living with Chris Cuomo? Like, I look at your background there, and yeah, uh, it's, I gotta say, you might you might be living in
3: his
1: – That's I, like I, I, the I, nicest thing. That's a, when you say that it more, it fills my heart with such joy because I, I'm so fond of you already. And then for you to notice that I modeled my entire basement out of Chris Cuomo's CNN set when he was quarantining. When I first saw him on air, I said to myself, his basement is exactly like my basement. I know exactly where I'm setting up my studio. And some people uh, made fun of my rock wall, which I just covered up here with drywall. Okay. Uh, some people make fun of what they call my dirty stairs they say I, I live in a crack house this is not too okay <laughs> they're, they're just worn. okay they're just worn. the kids are going down and they're little they're going on their bums all right they're sliding down on their bums and it's wearing the stairs down so um I guess that's a long story of saying I can't wait to get back in the studio so. you know
2: even like I think if for people who are not on here, I wonder how Chris feels about this but like when you're taping, and I just had this conversation with somebody who I'm working with, uh, Quibi with, when you're taping and you're doing live TV, there is just a different energy, a yeah. different mindset. You can pretend like it's live all you want, but it's just never the same. That, for me anyway, I used to love taping because I thought, oh, it's, it's way easier, it's super safe. But yeah. being live, there, it's just different.
1: There's no comparison, and I'll give you an example, and I hope he doesn't get mad at me for this, but Mike Toth, I don't know if you remember Mike I Toth, remember Mike, yeah. At, yeah, used to work at TSN and Sportsnet and everything. And I remember when the show, the Late Late Show used to be at 2 a.m., they would often tape it, right? Because things would be done before 2 a.m., and yep. it was like, let's just tape it. Get the Mike, I remember, and this is when I was working behind the scenes in the newsroom as a writer and running teleprompter, Mike was the one anchor who was vehemently against taping to the point where it really upset him if we, if we all kind of agreed we were going to tape. And, okay. and it's for the reasons. And I, at the time, I didn't understand it. I was like, why wouldn't he want to get out of here? But it's exactly what you just said. He thrived off that live energy. He was that kind of guy who just loved that live TV energy. And he it, it wasn't the same anchor. And he knew it. He wasn't, didn't have the same anchor on a taped show that he did on a live show. And, and so we never taped with Mike ever uh
2: i've heard some stories <laughs> but mike <laughs> that's for another podcast this. i guess yeah, well,
1: we'll leave that for another time yeah. i don't think mike is talking to me right now for reasons i don't understand but it's not
2: important it's not really i notice the lighting hey, in my room here is terrible by the way sorry about that you're getting some
1: nice natural light but yeah. you're gonna have to work on that now before i let you go i'm gonna ask you what, i'm just gonna throw five different tsm personality names out at you and yeah. I just want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Not like a long diatribe. I just want like quick thought, okay? These are people that I think you work with a significant sure. amount. Sure. Okay, so James Dutton. Uh Jerk. Cor- Corey Warren. Uh, smart. That's true. That's he's, very br- he's, brill- he's actually
2: brilliant, yeah.
1: He is a brilliant, brilliant guy. Gurdeep Alawalia.
2: Handsome.
1: He is too handsome almost, it bothers me. Yeah, it doesn't, um, yeah. Rod Smith.
2: Legend. Kate Burness. Energy, energetic, energetic is the word I'm looking for. Lindsay Hamilton. Nice, <laughs> like maybe the, she's the nicest person <laughs> I've ever met in my life. And I, funny quick thing, I thought it might've been like, she's just new at the job and wants to be super yeah. nice. She's actually like that all the time. Um, one of the you're
1: nicest people I've ever met. You're so, you're so, every time I see her in the makeup room, there's, I'm always like, what would make her mad? Like, what, what is the thing that would yeah. push her buttons? And I don't know what that is. I've yet to find it. She is the nicest person I've ever met, too. Ne- it's never incredible. Seen her upset. Yeah. Never seen her upset. Kara Wagland.
2: Kara Wagland. Ah, oh, that's a good one. Uh, say Feisty. Feisty a little bit okay yeah. feisty
1: and uh we'll end it on uh probably the biggest name at tsn right now jeff o'neill jeff, jeff
2: O'Neill. uh loyal i would say jeff <laughs> is very loyal he is loyal That's is, he, is he not he's, he does not get people see the what he presents out there but yeah. jeff is an amazing friend he uh, <laughs> still connected me to he's he's been there for me man well, the last few years when i when I kind of wanted to send for a while. And, <laughs> uh, you know, he's, he's a great dude, man. He's a great dude. He'll still chirp me all the time. I know it's a long answer, but he's a very loyal guy.
1: That's I think that was a great, a great way to end it. Um, well, you know what we'll do? I mean, this is awesome catching up with you. Yeah. And I think, I know like our, uh, our listeners will be excited to hear that you're doing so great and uh, you and your wife and your kids are doing so great, but I will say that we will have you back. Um, we will again work around your schedule as we continue to do because you're a priority <laughs> guest for us. But right. most importantly, our next interview will just be all Mike Toth stories. That's all we'll do. We'll just tell Mike Toth story
2: The, the thing is, I don't know any. So you're going to have to tell them all. <laughs> and I'm just going to sit and listen, which I would love. Uh, the heard- thing
1: is, like, I know, Nabil, that we're going to now get a lot of feedback from people asking, right, Christoph? We're going to get a lot of pe- feedback. People are going to be like, we should just reach out to Mike and see if he'll come on. Absolutely. We should just reach yeah. out to him.
2: That would be legendary to hear from Mike Toast. It,
1: it, it would be pretty fun. All right, I'm going to I'm going to make an effort to do that. Every, no. you know, this quarantine has made me rethink a lot of things, try to reach out to people, maybe um, there's been some sort of dispute or disagreement and I'm always trying to, you know, build bridges and so maybe I can repair my relationship with Mike cuz I was yeah. this is a, going on maybe a little TMI, but I was very close with Mike, very close to them. He was very good to me when I was coming up in the newsroom. He helped me a lot. Um,
2: do, people, was, do, like, do people say you have a little Mike Toth in you?
1: Well, I would consider that a compliment. Some people yeah. might say that, that that could be a problem for me. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't be a person. I'm mean, a person. But like even just like persona on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I think so. I mean, He had a lot I mean, of fun. He had did. a ton of fun. Yeah. He did. He did. And he and uh, Mike Lonsborough in Calgary were – You know, to you growing up where uh, Don Taylor and and Barry Mack and all those guys at Sports Page were probably guys you really looked up to, Uh, and for me in Edmonton, it was Dutchie and Perry Solkowski. For the guys in Calgary, they were all watching Mike Toth and Mike Lonsborough, the Mikes, on on Sports Page there, or Sportsline, whatever it was called there, so... Uh, I think it was called Sports at 1130. They're all not very creative names, but it's not. It's not Don, important, but yeah. Don
2: Taylor was my guy. He's a reason right. I got into broadcasting. I still have never spoken to him, but he is the reason I got into sports. I love that guy. Legend. Here, okay, what what do you think of this? Next week, here's
1: what I'm going to try in bill. I'm going to try for Don Taylor and Mike Toth, bub- yes. double bill on the pod. What do you think, Stop. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> That'd be awesome. He sounds right. jacked. He sounds super excited about that. <laughs> he
1: always does. He always does. All right. Easy. I got to go give the kids a bath. Uh, it was great seeing you, my yes. friend. And I'm uh, so proud of you and so happy you're doing well. And give uh, give my best to Nazarene and, and the will. kids and everything. And,
2: and uh, say hi to SVP for it. I will. He probably won't respond back. Yeah. No, he probably won't. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Right. See you, buddy. Take care, bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. See you.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was, uh, that was fun. I mean, uh, on one hand, you're... You're worried for our Canadian friends in the States like Tom Green and Nabil Kareem. On the other hand, uh, they both seem like they're doing pretty good, right? As good Canadians, they're doing it the way Canada is doing it. They're flattening the curve. They're doing what they can. That's all you can really do, right? You just have to follow the rules and wear your mask and do what you can. And that's what those guys seem to be doing. It's so great to see Nabil doing well and Tom doing well. And I like the idea, Christoph, I don't know how you feel, but I like the idea of trying to get Mike Toth and Don Taylor on the podcast next week for a little, uh, for a little reminiscing about how much fun those highlight shows were back in the eighties and nineties on, uh, on those global stations. What do you think Stoff? Sounds like a great idea. Let's make it happen. All right. So I'm going to reach out to those guys. We'll see. We'll see what I can do. I have some bridge building to do with Mike, um, uh, Don and I get along great, so that should be no problem. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do, but yeah, that'll be next week's podcast. We, we sincerely appreciate you listening to us, everybody. I know, uh, everyone's commute isn't quite as long as it used to be, so it's kind of harder to listen to podcasts, but we do appreciate it. I know Christoph does. And, uh, Christoph is the real, the real hero of this podcast. He's the one who puts it all together and makes it magical. Um... I just hang out down here in my basement with a pretty iffy Wi-Fi connection. I'm not going to tell you my provider and try to ask questions. But Stop is the real champion of this pod. So uh, shout out to you, my friend. Uh, made by Stop on Twitter. If, you, uh, if you're if you so inclined, you should follow him. And uh, I also like the idea. I was seeing stuff that Mike Botticello is still doing his podcast with uh, Gilbert Arenas yes. and I thought it might be good to check in with Mike, Sexy Mike
3: yeah.
1: uh, maybe we'll try to check in with him as well and see if we can get an awkward conversation going because there's no such thing as any other kind of conversation with Mike exactly. than an awkward conversation, yeah, it's just always awkward so we'll do that next week uh, we'll, we'll try to get Mike, we'll try to get Don and, uh, and we'll do our very best but uh, until then, stay safe everybody enjoy uh, your McDonald's and uh, we'll talk to you next week <laughs>
0: To the Jay and Dan podcast brought to you by our friends at McDonald's.
2: James Duffy presents the Rubber Boots podcast. So we're sitting down at our table. The, the waiter comes up and he's like profusely sweating. <laughs>
0: and this is like 100% his first line to us he goes, Hello, I am not well. <laughs> I'm very (laughs) ill. (laughs) You ate there? I came down with it yesterday. I've just not been good. Not
3: good at all. Get it at tsn.ca and anywhere you get your podcasts.